Nation. Welcome into another episode of Previewing the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot to get into today. Hope everybody enjoys this special bowl game edition to help get them ready for the game in Boise. Give it a listen on your drive out there, on the plane, whatever you're doing. Hope we keep you entertained. Got a couple of great guests. Going to talk to Alan Moff, covers Kent State for the Record Courier. Also going to talk to Johnny Avello, head of sportsbook for DraftKings, who's going to help provide a little bit of insight about what Cowboys fans have available for them to wager on as far as the famous Idaho potato bowl goes. Also going to talk to my co-host David Graff at the end of the pod and just give our personal thoughts, you know, how this season's gone. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster and what we're expecting from the pokes up in Boise. But before we do that, going to dive right into our interviews. Joined right now by Alan Moff of the Record Courier, covers Kent State out there, does a great job at it, and he's going to come on in and help provide a little bit of perspective on the team squaring off against the Pokes next week in Boise. Uh, you know, for you, I think the first thing that I look at whenever I look at Kent State season is, you know, they have those three Power Five non-conference opponents, got off to a little bit of a slow start, as, you know, I think anyone would have expected with that schedule, but six and two and Mac play, you know, what was the biggest difference you saw down the stretch for this team? And also do you think, you know, playing that tough competition early on maybe gave them a little bit of a boost as the season went on? Well, I mean, that's something that they've done um, the last several years is play those three uh, big power fives to, to kind of support the program. Um, they're going to do it again next year. Um, and I think, you know, when coach Lewis came in, um, you really have no, I, I, I'm sure he'd rather not do that, obviously, but um, it kind of goes with the territory. Um, he knew it was coming and they've tried to make the best of it. Um, you know, some of the coaches in the past have kind of tried to really just get through those games um, healthy. And obviously that's a, a big thing that they're trying to do still, but yet they try to be competitive. They try to win those games as best they can. Um, so, you know, I do think they took, you know, they had some moments in each of those games um, and they took some confidence out of that. Um, but obviously they were able to pretty much get through those games relatively healthy. And that's a huge part of it. Um, and then once you, yeah, obviously once you get into conference play and you know, the, the nothing you're going to see is going to surprise you or overwhelm you or anything like that after you played those three games. So, um, you know, they're very confident once they get into conference play in general, um, you know, there were no teams in the league this year that were, you know, you know, top 25, anything like that. It was all, you know, pretty, pretty level competition. They were able to do some things and, uh, you know, especially offensively, um, you know, which I'm sure you've done any homework at all. These guys, they, they like to play fast. They like to score quick and it's kind of what they do and uh, pretty effective at it overall in the max season. Right. You talk about playing fast, playing quick. And I, I don't know if anyone benefited from that more than quarterback Dustin Crum, almost 3000 passing yards over 600 on the ground. I think 27 total touchdowns, you know, for an opposing defense, what's the biggest threat that he presents? Um, just his ability to um, do anything, basically. I mean, they, they, you know, they put a lot of it in his hands. Um, you know, they'll have a play called and he just kind of goes up there and he sees what he sees and he runs a play based on it. Um, you know, makes it tough to defend because they don't even know what they're doing when they come up to the line. So, and he's just a very smart guy um, who can run that. And, 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 you know, more times than not, he'll pick the right play. Um, you know, and they'd obviously have some weapons around him as well. Um, but, you know, basically he's just able to do, you know, he's, he's a, he throws the ball downfield very well. Um, didn't work out so well in the MAC championship game. Uh, their downfield passing attack just kind of wasn't clicking. But in general, 
Um, you know, he throws a nice deep ball. Um, he's kind of a – he's a strange runner. When you watch him run, you're sitting there thinking, what just happened? He got 10 yards. He just takes these long steps. He's kind of smooth, um, pretty instinctive runner. He doesn't like you look at him like, oh, you're just wild with his athleticism or anything. But he just always seems to fall forward. He always seems to gain yards. And, uh, and you know, just uh, – you know, kind of the uniting force on that offense. I mean, they all kind of, you know, they all kind of feed off of him and, and, and you know, just really able to do some really, you know, really special things. Really the last three years is his third year as a starter. And, you know, their offense was, you know, one of the worst in the country for several years before uh, he took over. And, and since then, obviously, they've been one of the best. Brad, and you mentioned those playmakers surrounding him, you know, top offense in the MAC during conference play. Uh, who, who are some of those maybe unsung heroes of that unit? Um, well, I mean, the, the, they got two running backs that they kind of like to, you know, Marquez Cooper is definitely their one, but Xavier Williams is also a really um, explosive, kind of a smaller, but really quick kid that they'll bring in and he'll get his share of carries as well. Um, Cooper's kind of more of an all around guy, um, you know, pretty powerful runner. Um, I wouldn't say breakaway speed, but he's, you know, he's got some speed that can, you know, bust some things off too. Um, you know, receiver wise, you know, Dante Cephas is the one that uh, he's the all Mac guy at a thousand yards. Um, they really like to throw the ball deep to him. Um, and he's a you know pretty good size. He's a physical guy for just a sophomore. Um, you know, he's, he's run some people over this year and had some kind of highlight reel, uh, type of plays where he's catching slants over the middle and hitting people and they're bouncing off. So he's definitely a guy you have to, uh, have to contend with um but, you know really it's kind of a when you think fast break offense like they run you're thinking they're just running guys down the field and, and it's kind of a crazy high wire act it's really not they've had their success when they've run the ball um every time they ran the ball for 200 yards in mac play they won when they didn't they lost so um you know that's what they still do that's what they still emphasize what they try to be as a physical kind of run team first and it kind of sets everything else up Right. And then, you know, looking over the other side of the ball, I know obviously playing at that fast pace is going to skew the numbers a little bit. But, you know, last in the conference during league play on the defensive side of things, uh, you know, what would you say is maybe uh, some areas of concern or potential spots that Wyoming might be able to exploit? Um, it's the same thing on defense. Uh, you know, they try to stop the run. Um, very mixed results this year, obviously. Um yeah, the one thing I would say about them is is the scheme they run defensively. They have a lot of undersized defensive linemen. They basically have one big guy that's over the nose. Um, he goes about three thirty. Everybody else is small. Um, and obviously, the teams that have had success with them have been had you know had very physical offensive lines that could just kind of shove them around a little bit, and they have a really hard time with that. Um, you know, they try to run the same scheme defensively where they're kind of getting upfield, um, and they try to play fast on that side as well. Um, Sometimes that works. They, they have generated a lot of big plays, a lot of turnovers this year, but um, they really struggle when teams are just able to physically just kind of assert themselves on them and, and shove them around and just run the ball like Northern Illinois in the championship game. It was just like seven, eight yards of pop running the ball. And, uh, you know, obviously wears your defense down, your offense isn't getting on the field. And, and that's the way they can be beat. I mean, that's the recipe to beat, and there's no question. If you're able to do that, then they're going to have a hard time with you. All right, last one for you. What's your prediction for next week in Boise? Oh, man, these games are so hard to predict, as you know. Um, you know, I will say this. I mean, Kent's going to come to play. I think a lot of the times in these type of bowl games, you got you know the team that really feels like playing is the one that wins. Um, Kent will come to play. I'm not going to say they're going to play well. You never know. But this, this bowl game means a lot to them. They haven't played in enough bowl games to take anything for granted. So they're all going to show up. They're all going to give it everything they got. Um, 
you know, I'm expecting a, a you know, it should be an exciting game. Um, you know, Wyoming's going to try to slow it down. Kent's going to try to speed it up. So it's going to be an interesting contrast in styles. Um, but man, it's really hard one to predict. I'll go, I'll go Kent State 31-28. But I certainly won't be surprised if it's uh, vastly different than that. <laughs> I feel like uh, you could say the exact same thing about the Cowboys. I think whenever it comes to picking these games, um, as poorly as the Cowboys performed in conference play, I actually think I had a worse record on my predictions than they did on the field. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it's a tough line of work. <laughs> no doubt. Well, you just heard from Alan Moth, covers Kent State for the record courier. Follow him on Twitter at Alan Moth underscore RC. Alan, really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you soon. Sure thing. Thanks, man. Place your bets, please. Joined right now by a very special guest, one of my favorite people to talk to in the sports gambling industry, Johnny Avello, DraftKings head of sportsbook. Johnny, it's an exciting time for all Wyoming football fans, obviously the bowl game coming up, but if you working on the betting side of things, I'm sure it's an exciting uh, season for you as well. Uh, you know, speaking of bowl season, how much do you see, you know, maybe the uh, maybe trends change or maybe an increase in activity just on you guys' sportsbooks? Well, yeah, Josh, certainly uh, there's an increase in handling bowl games because uh, we're in additional states now. We're in 18, and so more states, more handle. Um, one thing about bowl games, there's probably 40 of them, 41, and, you know, they start off, and it's almost like New Year's Eve dropping the ball in Times Square. You know, you start off and uh, you get through some of the – the lesser bowl games and you finally get to the ones where the meaningful games where, you know, national championship implications are involved. Uh, but they're all fun and they take place during, uh, you know, different on different days, different times. And uh, they, they do handle quite a bit of money. So we're always excited to, to have them uh, throughout the holiday season. Right. And, you know, one thing I, I noticed, maybe I missed it just throughout the season, but I saw you guys are going to be offering the same game parlays um, that are really popular, you know, some of the bigger games and NFL and stuff like that. Is uh, it may, is that something I just missed or are you guys uh, enabling that same game parlay option a little bit more during bowl season? Yeah, you know, we try to use it wherever we can. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to do it on every game, every sport. So it's, you know, it takes a little time to get there. But, yeah, the goal is to, to have it on everything. And I guess, uh, you know, just for all the sports gambling fanatics and Wyoming fans out there, um, I guess I'll kind of turn it over to you and just kind of let you talk a little bit about, you know, just different things that you guys have to offer throughout bowl season and, you know, anything that you're really excited about that DraftKings is doing at the moment. Well, besides the bowl game, the betting the bowl game with the traditional offerings, which would be the spread, the money line, and the total on the game, um, you know, you're going to be able to bet some alternative markets. You're going to also be able to bet in-game wagering on all the games, which has kind of been the growth of the the business, Josh. You know, we're seeing people that are like like to engage during the game. Uh, sometimes they don't like what that initial spread is, and so. They wait a little bit and wait until the game gets going, and sometimes they find a, a better price, a better total to wager on. 
Right. And with Wyoming in particular, I saw that they opened as a three point favorite. For, for me, it was a little bit surprising just kind of the way that their season's gone, you know, losing six of their last eight games and uh, Kent State going on a little bit of a run um, kind of on, I guess, the odds making side of it. Do you guys have to kind of counter, you know, in this instance, Wyoming is a, a DraftKings state, which Ohio, I don't believe you can gamble in at the moment. Do you guys kind of have to balance, you know, that fact of what's been happening most recently on the floor with, you know, where you're going to be getting the most of your bets from? You know, Josh, that has really nothing to do with how we formulate the spreads. In this particular game, we opened up Wyoming three and a half. Uh, You know, it's now down to three. Uh, You're right. Wyoming hasn't had the greatest year, but Kent really hasn't either. Uh, I think Wyoming did win maybe two of the last four. Now, one thing about Wyoming is that they've, they've only been in, maybe 15, 16 bowl games uh, since their existence. Uh, but when you look at the last three, they played those games pretty tough. They are, they've won this potato bowl before a few years back. They are familiar with this site. So uh, that is one advantage they do have over Kent State. And I do believe that, you know, over the course of the season, they, they do play against some, uh, you know, quality teams, maybe to get them ready for a bowl game like this. Right. And, uh, you know, for you this time of year, uh, I'm sure it might be a little bit, uh, I don't know if nerve wracking is the right word, but it's kind of coming up on that time where you're getting to the championship as far as futures odds and things like that. Are, are there any teams in particular that are uh, maybe a notably uh, big liability just on kind of the handle and amount of bets side of things? Well, on the college side, you know, the Alabamas and the Georgias, they seem to be in that mix every year. And so, um, both of those teams were bet on the future side. Uh, On the the pro side, uh, Kansas City and Tampa Bay have been popular choices now for a couple of years in a row. They seem to take the money before the season starts and during the season. Uh, One team that has taken some money, I would tell you, that during the last maybe three, four weeks has been the Patriots. Uh, They've been a popular choice because of their – the run they're on, you know, winning – probably seven games in a row or so. So uh, teams like the uh, customers like to bet teams that are hot and see if they can carry that momentum into, uh, you know, championship time. Right. And, you know, just speak going back to Wyoming a little bit, you know, definitely a, a bit of a different dynamic than a lot of states, lowest population in the country. But, you know, what, what are some of the, uh, I guess, biggest takeaways you've had from gambling being live in Wyoming for, I guess, about three months now? You know, it is a small state as far as, uh, you know, small state just in general, as far as the amount of people that live there. But, you know, I would say it's for the amount of people that live there, it's equivalent to uh, other betting states. People do like football. They do like to bet Wyoming. Um, and so, you know, that that is probably the most popular choice in the state. But uh, it, it'll grow. And, uh, you know, Wyoming gets to wager on all the other events that we'll have throughout the year. Uh, you know, they'll be able to get a piece of March Madness, which is a really big event, uh, as well as we get into, uh, you know, baseball season and, and s- some of the other events that happen during the course of the year. So it's an extensive menu. Um, wagering is still quite new there. And uh, I think uh, everyone's still getting used to it. 
Right. And, you know, I guess just, you know, one last question I have for you, you know, you, you've had a good bit of time in this industry, I think over three decades, if I'm not mistaken, kind of been on both sides of it, you know, with DraftKings being very mobile heavy. And then I know you're at Win in the past before that. Uh, but for you, you know, what's uh, what's this been like just for you to kind of see the way that the sports gambling industry has evolved? I imagine it's night and day from whenever you got started. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, Josh. You know, it, being from Las Vegas, working in a bricks and mortar location uh, and thinking about what where sports could have gone, uh, you know, back about five, six years ago. Uh, never thought it would get to this point. It's, and it's certainly going to go a lot further than what I had, what I was even thinking at that time. But, uh, you know, it's it's exciting to be in, a, in an industry and with a company like DraftKings, uh, where we continue to bring on new states, uh, being a tech company. A lot of new and creative and innovative ideas. So, uh, you know, pleasure to be in, in this uh, business can, still after all these years. Well, Johnny, I really appreciate it. But before I let you go, is there anything uh, that you want to share out there for all the listeners? Uh, I think we covered it pretty much, Josh. Um, just have a happy, happy holidays to all the listeners and uh, good luck on your wagers. All right, now as we do every week, going to close out the show by talking with my co-host David Graff and just kind of get give our thoughts. You know, this season's been a little bit weird. Started out first 4-0 start this century, finished out the year losing six of their final eight games. But, you know, we just talked to Johnny Avello. He, uh, the cow- he says the Cowboys are still a three-point favorite. So at least Vegas has hopes that the Cowboys can pull this one out against Kent State. David, you've watched this team with me all year long, excited to be hitting the road with you finally this weekend. But uh, it's uh, what, what are your thoughts? It, it's kind of a toss-up for me. I look at this game, and I just can't seem to really get my hands around what I think is going to happen in this one. You're very right. I think there could be a whole variable of outcomes here because three points for Wyoming against a MAC team that's bad news for the Mac anytime they see the brown and gold on the other side. But at the same time, Kent State might be energized. They're coming off a Mac championship game loss against Northern Illinois, who the Pokes should have beaten by more than seven points. That game wasn't as close as maybe it seemed or the final score seems, or maybe it was, depending upon how you're looking at that game. This season has just been a roller coaster, as you put it in the top, is very, very apt way to put it. it. It seems like every time the Cowboys are trending up, there's that giant hill that you're screaming, "Woo!" going down. So we'll see if they can end the season, you know, cranking back up the roller coaster and get it off on the right foot for 2022. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts heading into Kent State, who is an interesting opponent for the Pokes? Yeah, an interesting opponent, and it's uh, it's very interesting because you look at their stats and they couldn't be more polar opposites. They kind of remind me a little bit of Wyoming at stretches this season where their defense was maybe the best in the Mountain West and their offense was arguably one of the worst. Obviously, you know, they had some big offensive outings, but, you know, Kent State during Mac play, first in the conference in scoring and total offense, 
last in the conference in scoring and total defense. So it, whenever you get teams like this, it, we're kind of both of them can be a little bit bipolar whenever it comes to what you're getting out of both sides of the ball. It's, uh, it's really tough to kind of pin down anything. I guess if I had to pinpoint one thing, though, it's got to come down to shutting down Dustin Crum, right? Almost 3,000 passing yards, over 600 rushing, 27 total touchdowns. I think he had single-digit turnovers. So he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, the Cowboys have seen some really good quarterbacks. They made Jay Kaner one of the best in the country, uh, basically a non-factor. Uh, they let Nick Nash and Siobhan Cordero run wild. So it, it's one of those where you don't really know what to expect at all. I, I think it's one of those games you could say like a lot of games this season, if the Cowboys play the way they're supposed to play, they should win this game. But as uh, we've seen time and time again, the team doesn't, at least hasn't always up to this point, played up to their capabilities. Yeah, no doubt. I think it comes down to the defense. You know, it's going to be cold in Boise on Tuesday, a nice Tuesday. Very Mac flair with the game being on a Tuesday afternoon there. But I think that Wyoming has to do what they did against Fresno State. The offense should be able to get a little bit something going. They've, they haven't had a stretch like they had during that October month where it was a little bit warmer there. Kent State, though, they, they're they on a similar roller coaster, so they're going to have the same motivations going in as Wyoming has to end this season off on the right foot. I think that it'll be intriguing to see what the Pokes have in store for Crumb, but I think it starts on the defensive line and getting a push and making making it difficult for Kent State to run the ball in this game. They ran for, I think, almost 300 yards or more than 300 yards in that in their second-to-last game of the season against Miami, which was I'm sure a lot of people would love a 48-47 overtime game between the Pokes and the Golden Flashes. I think that if they can control the running game, they should be able to keep Crum in check like they were Hayner, but – you know, easier said than done. Yeah, and I, I think one thing, you know, obviously Kent State's had a really impressive season. I don't think there's any doubt that the Mountain West is a stronger conference than the MAC this year. You look at the MAC, really not any teams that were really in, in, in you know, that position of threat to be a legit top 25 team really at any point in the season that I can remember. And then you look at the Mountain West. I mean, uh, obviously teams had their success fluctuate over the course of the season, but there were points where, you know, Nevada, Fresno State, uh, Utah State, and then obviously San Diego State, I think all of them at some point in time probably could have made a case that they deserved a top 25 ranking. Um, obviously, Wyoming didn't play San Diego State or Nevada, but I just think that they been going up against a more consistently higher level of competition so I think that's one thing uh, that might work in their favor a little bit you know a lot of people um, are disappointed and rightfully so about the way this season worked out but it, it's also been in my opinion a pretty strong year just for the Mountain West as a whole. Exactly what the the thing that matters the most at the end of any FBS football season Josh and I are obviously FCS football fans where it's all about getting into that 2014 playoff. But when you play FBS, especially when you're not in a power five conference, 
You want to make a bowl game. That's the marker of a good season and a great season is winning a bowl game. It's winning time. It's the time to make this a great season, one that people can remember by going to Boise, finishing off strong and beating Kent State. And so I think that, you know, the, the stretches throughout the year where it was tough to watch University of Wyoming football, they're going to, they can all be forgotten. They can all be forgiven if you go up there to Boise and you get it done on the blue turf. So I think there's a lot for Wyoming to play for, to prove. And one note that it's, it, it probably will factor into the game, but it's Chad Muma's last game in brown and gold. And I can't wait to see what he has in store for the Pokes because it seems like anytime there's a big game, this season at least, and last year. Anytime there's a big game, there's a big moment. Chad Muma is in on the tackle. He's in on the pass breakup. He's making the sack. He's causing a fumble. So I'm, I'm just excited for Boise. I think that there's going to be a lot of guys playing with their hair on fire. No doubt. With it being uh, Chad's last game, maybe we can have a little bit of a throwback to uh, Josh Allen in, what, 2017, just – chucking potatoes from the trophy stand. I think that's all you can hope for if you're a Wyoming fan. Exactly, exactly. You just want to see your guys throwing potatoes around on the field after the game. That's really all that matters. That's all you're going to remember from this season a few years down the line. And you look around the low – you re- look around the ring, the bowl, the bowl game ring at War Memorial Stadium. It's not totally full yet, so – All of these bowl games are a good thing for the program, for the Cowboys. So really looking forward to it. Any predictions? You want to give any predictions heading into Boise here? Going to give my prediction here in a minute, but one last thing I wanted to get to before we close it out. As you mentioned, me and you both big FCS football fans. Uh, you know, you've been following this program a little bit longer than I have. What's it been like for you to see all of the Wyoming fans, uh, you know, basically putting out their letters of apology to Brent Vegan on social media as he makes his run to being obviously this will change before we release the pod, but at this point when we're recording, one game away from the national championship. I just got to give a round of applause to Brent Vegan and what, and what he's accomplished in a very short time in Bozeman. Jeff Choate left him a good team, but he's made this his own team. They have real quarterback play up there in Bozeman, which is not something that could always be said. Vegan, you know, he brought in Josh Allen. He was instrumental in the development of Josh Allen. He was instrumental in the development of Sean Chambers. Obviously, Sean Chambers didn't pan out the way that all all of us Pokes fans were hoping in terms of the injuries and stuff really have played played a factor in his development and who he is currently as a quarterback. But Coach Vegan, shout out to him. Just go out there, win on Saturday, get it done, do what you got to do because I really like Coach Vegan. He's a great, great guy, great man. We have a similar taste in flowers. I love that about him. And so I, I, I think it's great to see. I, I knew when they made that hire that he was going to be set up for success in Bozeman with just the team that he had left from Coach Choate as well as he seemed energized to go out there and get after in Bozeman. And he loves FCS football. He loves this playoff. He loves 
the stakes that he has in Bo- in Bozeman. Keep wanting to say Boise. We said Boise so much that it's it, it doesn't get any bigger than this at the FCS level and at Montana State. I know you follow FCS football as well. So what have you thought of Montana State in this run? They knocked off your old partners over there in Sam Houston State last weekend, which was probably a little bit financially devastating for both of us. Well, uh, you know, I've had Montana State as a dark horse national championship pick all season long after seeing them against Wyoming. I was very high on them. So not surprised to see them in the semifinals, maybe a little bit surprised uh, just to see them kind of take Sam Houston to the woodshed last weekend. But, you know, they got touchdown Tommy Malott uh, up there balling out up in Bozeman. So I'm definitely not going to be betting against the Bobcats anytime soon. Shout out to Butte America there. Love Butte America and Tommy Malott. Touchdown, Tommy. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal player there. Love Tommy Malott. Well, let's let's just get into the predictions. We could give predictions on Montana State, South Dakota State, but I'm not entirely convinced that our listeners would want to hear that on this podcast. But let's, what, what do you have happening on the blue turf on a Tuesday afternoon between Kent State in the University of Wyoming. Yeah, as you mentioned, that Tuesday field might be a little bit more natural to Kent State coming from the MAC. But uh, for me, I, I think it's going to go a lot better for the Cowboys than it did whenever they were up in Boise, I guess, a little over a month ago. I, I've got the Cowboys winning this one 28 to 24. I think they either get a late touchdown drive to win it, or maybe that defense comes up with one of those uh, trademark stops that have really kept them in a lot of games this year. So give me Wyoming 28 to 24, and uh, that's going to be my final prediction. I like a similar script for the last time the Cowboys went to play in the famous Idaho potato bowl. Just a great name for a bowl game. Everybody remembers the famous Idaho potato bowl, just strictly because of the name there. I think it's going to be a similar script when they played central Michigan in this, in this game a few years ago. Give me the Cowboys 34 Kent state 13. I think that the defense is going to cause some havoc. They're going to force some turnovers. And Kent State's got a great offense, but I think that they haven't played a defense quite up to the level that Wyoming is capable of playing at. They shut down a lethal offensive attack in Utah State. I think we're going to see a similar performance from them on the defensive side of the ball against Kent State. So give me the pokes, 34, Kent State, 13. Mark it down. I like it. We'll see what happens. I'm Josh Criswell. He's David Graff. You've been listening to Preview in the Pokes. Make sure to download, listen, and subscribe to the YO Sports Podcast. And also go to yosports.net for all things Cowboys football. We'll talk to you next time.